Hey, good morning, everybody. It's another great day to be alive. I'm Gonzo, your host. And if you want to master digital marketing so you can grow your business or start your own digital marketing agency, you're in the right place. Every Tuesday, we talk with experts in order to learn how to be successful using Facebook ads, SEO, email lists, and all things social media and digital marketing. Follow along with me as I learn and build my own agency using the tips I get from my guests that appear on the show. And make sure you tune in every Tuesday, 8 a.m. for the DMT Masterclass. And if you want extra content about growing your marketing, network, business, or podcast, make sure you tune into our bonus content Fridays. Today is Friday, and that means my guest today is John Lee Dumas. He is one of the single most important podcasters in the entire world. His show, Entrepreneur on Fire, brings in over 100 million downloads per month. He's interviewed basically everybody, millionaires and billionaires, anybody he wants. He does a daily podcast, and he recently signed a seven-figure deal with HubSpot because of it. On top of that, John breaks down why, had he done everything the same way that he did in 2012 that he does today, he never would have been nearly as successful. He talks about new mover advantage and what people can do today in order to stand out and do something different and build a successful podcast. Guys, you are not going to want to miss this show. So if you're like me and you're ready to build new skills, grow your income, and change your family tree... Keep listening to the Cost of Success podcast. John, thank you so much for being here today. As we are on a little bit of a limited uh, time frame, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little bit more rapid fire questions in order to try and maximize our time. Is that okay? I'm good with rapid fire, brother. All right. So one of the things about you, John, is you have said that in order to be successful, you want to create a unique show. But at the time that you started, you were in an industry where podcasts were not nearly as prevalent as they are now. So when it comes to being able to niche down, what was the niche that you chose way back when? Because right now it feels like you are able to interview a ton of different people and it doesn't always line up. It does not always line up. And that that's really due to what I call the first mover advantage. And those people who are the first mover advantage, you reap such a big proportion and exponential level of the benefits. And so because my show launched in 2012, I was able to get a lot of traction, a lot of momentum due to lack of competition and build that into an amazing brand, Entrepreneurs on Fire, that has over 100 million listens, over 1.2 million listens every single month that has a built-in audience now. Whereas if I launch this show exactly how it is today, 2021, it fails because it just isn't delivering anything special and it will never build an audience. It will never build... Uh, fan base. So back in 2012, I had a big idea. Now, my big idea was creating a podcast. Now, that would have failed because there was thousands of other podcasts. So I niched down and decided to create a business podcast. Well, that business podcast would have failed because there were 800 business podcasts back then. So I said, well, the real show that I want to create is a business podcast that interviews entrepreneurs. Okay, now we're getting somewhere because there's only seven of those. But do I want to be the eighth best business podcast interviewing entrepreneurs? Heck no. So what are they doing wrong? What do I find myself complaining about? What's a void in that specific niche? And I realized I hated the fact that they were one day per week. And I had to wait six days for the next episode. And I couldn't believe there wasn't a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneur, excuse me, entrepreneurs. So because there wasn't, and because I knew that I wish that show existed, I said, why not be the change that I want to see in the world, to quote Gandhi, and be the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs 
on a daily, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-per-year basis. And that was the genesis for Entrepreneurs on Fire. So I love to say the day that I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire, it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was also the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And that's where I think a lot of people need to think, how can they be the best? Because everybody will beat a path to your door if you're the number one solution to their problem. Mm -hmm. And if you're the second best solution, they'll ignore you because who wants the second best solution? Nobody wants a pale, weak imitation of somebody else. Why would somebody listen to entrepreneurs on fire by somebody else who's not as skilled as me, not as knowledgeable as me, doesn't have the years of experience that I have and isn't bringing the, the high level quality guests that I'm bringing on in that kind of caliber, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So to the victor goes the spoils. I had that first mover advantage and I've held on to it. I have a barrier that's so high that my competition was so low. Nobody was willing to do a daily podcast for years because it was frankly too much work. And that's what people need to be looking at today. They need to say, okay, what's my big idea? And then how many times do I have to niche down within that big idea to find an opportunity, to find a problem, to find a void in the marketplace that's not being solved that I can create the best solution for? When they find that and they dominate that, they win. How much did doing a multi-day, seven-day-a-week podcast equate to you being successful in the sense of rankings on Apple Podcasts versus spending money on advertisement, whether it be Facebook or Google advertisement? It was everything. Because listen, I was a bad podcast host. I wasn't a good speaker, presenter, communicator, any of those things. So doing a daily podcast helped me put in the reps, actually get a little bit better at my craft every single day. And that's so critical for people to realize is like, you need to become good at your craft. You're not going to become good at your craft doing something once a week, four times per month, 50 times a year. You need to find out something that you want to do every single day. I'm not saying it has to be a podcast every single day, but whatever it is that you're trying to show up in this world and be, you got to be putting in the reps every single time. Advertising on Facebook, I mean, advertising on other places, it's like people don't go to those platforms to find out what, what podcast they want to listen to next. They go to the podcast directories and they search by the rankings and they search by the shows that seem like they sound interesting to them and they give it a try. And if the show is good and consistent, they keep listening. And because I was doing a daily show, my rankings got higher. And because my rankings got higher, my rankings got higher because people were going to the rankings and clicking on me because I was higher in the rankings. So it was like the self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's why I won. Were you spending a lot of money in digital marketing at the time? Or, and do you recommend that new podcasters put money into digital marketing for their show? I was spending none. I never have. And I don't recommend people spending money unless they have a unique edge, an area of expertise in those areas, and they're actually seeing good results and ROI. I spend my time doing what we're doing right now, being a guest on other podcasts, because guess what? I know that podcast listeners listen to podcasts. I know that everybody watching this, whether it's two or 2,000 people, they could potentially become a listener of Entrepreneurs on Fire because they consume content like this, which is how I create content as well. So you need to convert the converted. 
podcast listeners listen to podcasts, get on other podcasts. One of the things that's unique about your show is you're very open about the profits that your show is generating every single month. And one thing is that's a great way to bring people into the door in order to get them to buy the programs because it's a proven value. But what is the downside to being so open about finances? I don't really think there's any downside. Um, we haven't seen any, and we've been doing it for 93 months in a row. I've only seen upside where people are appreciative of our transparency, of our honesty, of you know our just willingness to share our successes so they can be emulated, our failures so they can be avoided because we have plenty of those. And just doing it on a consistent month over month basis for 93 months in a row now. So I haven't found any, any cons yet. Maybe some will come up at some point, but until then, it's all pros. When you were first starting out and you didn't have the big name that you do now, how were you able to get so many people to share their experience and their show on social media? And that's another part about being a first mover that I was talking about earlier. They weren't on that many shows because there weren't that many shows to be on. So it was kind of cool and a big deal to be on a show. You wanted to brag about it. Now it's pretty commonplace. So you've got to be a pretty big show for them to want to share because otherwise, you know, they may not. So because I was the first mover and now I built this big brand around Entrepreneurs on Fire, my guests still love sharing my show with their audience because being on Entrepreneurs on Fire is a pretty big deal for a lot of them because their audience is like, oh, wow, like that's a pretty big accomplishment that this individual was a guest on Entrepreneurs on Fire. It has over a hundred million listens, over a million listens every single month. And so timing. It was all about timing. What is the biggest issue that you're currently dealing with in your business now? What to say yes to, because I pretty much say no to everything because I'm really just focused on the things that are working for me and my business right now. And I know there's some great opportunities out there that I'm missing because I'm saying no to everything. And so that's kind of my biggest struggle is like, what do I say yes to? And that will always be a challenge. What was the biggest sacrifice that you remember making in your personal life when you had first started? It would be my health. And that was something that I just didn't prioritize from the beginning, which I wish I had, but I put that on the back burner and I did kind of pay for that and was able to kind of identify at one point, like, well, like you're not where you should be on a health and wellness level. And, you know, fortunately, as I've shifted into different seasons of my business, and now I have a lot more time than I used to, and a lot more freedom and a lot more bandwidth, I've been able to put health and wellness as my number one priority. In fact, I just got back from a 17-day wellness retreat in Northern California, which included a 10-day water-only fast, which was quite an experience. That sounds, that sounds very difficult, to say the least. Um, what guest would you say, looking back, taught you the most about growing your podcast? I would say that Tim Ferriss was the big person who taught me a lot about growing the podcast because it really came down to just delivering great quality shows with high quality guests and just kind of letting his listeners, you know, devour the content, talk about the content, share the content with others. And so really doubling down on quality. Speaking of Tim Ferriss, he's a very well-known entrepreneur, author, uh, and also a multimillionaire. So when you have been able to share experiences and spend time with other of uh, other multimillionaire entrepreneurs, what stands out about them versus average people that you've interacted with? Net worth category, obviously everyone's the same, but. 
I would just say their willingness to get out of their comfort zone. Like, you know, listen, Tim's kind of an introvert and he kind of a shy guy in a lot of areas and getting his podcast going was uncomfortable for him. Like speaking from stages, promoting his books is kind of uncomfortable for him, but he knows that all the magic happens outside of his comfort zone. And that's what I see with people that are high worth. They're willing to live their lives outside of their comfort zone because that's where all the magic happens. And people that aren't that successful are striving and trying to live their lives in the comfort zone because they think that's what it's all about. They're like, I just want you know to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy, which is what we all want to do at our core. That's what we're driven to do. But the successful people who achieve you know, wealth, those individuals are able to break out of that psyche. Looking back at when you started, what do you remember as the biggest obstacle at that time? My own doubts, my own fears, my own anxiety around actually being able to become a success because I knew I wasn't going to be a good podcast host for a significant amount of time and I wasn't. And I just had to have faith that I was going to get better. And that took a lot of courage. And there was a lot of days where I was like, this isn't going to happen. I need to throw the towel in. Fortunately, I didn't, but that was the biggest struggle. At this point, you're able to get basically anybody that you want on your show because you're such a big name. So looking now, who do you say is probably your dream interview at the current moment? You know, I think it'd be interesting to bring somebody like an Elon Musk on the show just because he's such a character. Like I don't necessarily agree or disagree with a lot of the things that he says and does, but I think it would just end up being an interesting conversation that um, a lot of people would have fun with. When you started to become financially successful and you were starting to make millions of dollars, how did you learn about investing your money, not only back into your show, but also into actually building long-term wealth? Fortunately, I've always been um, very interested in wealth and finances. And I grew up reading a lot of books, you know, from Warren Buffett to, you know, Ray Dalio to just really consuming content from people who were really at the high level of that kind of game. And I worked in corporate finance for a few years. So I continued to kind of further my knowledge. I, you know, went in, um, to Kansas State for my master's in finance. So I, I've kind of had traditional education, real world education, and then um, career education in the world of finance, you know, some of which is terrible and some of which was good and some of which was really good. And I was able to kind of like mix all of that together and continue to educate myself, read the right books, and just continuously, um, you know, know that this is an ongoing battle and an ongoing game to, uh, to get it right. When you were coming up, I don't know if there were many podcast networks because it was so new, but is there any reason why you haven't started your own podcast network where you have a giant branch of people that you can help and grow and elevate? And is that something you'd ever consider doing? Uh, it just sounds like too much work and it's not something I'm really looking to add to. In fact, I'm not able to at this moment because I just signed a two-year seven-figure contract with HubSpot. And I'm now part of the HubSpot podcast network, which is really exciting. And um, I kind of prefer other people to take on that, that kind of job and that, that work and just be a part of it. Congratulations. That's huge. Last question for you, because I know you got to get out of here. 
Besides a quality mic, what is the best thing that new podcasters can do to build an amazing show and grow like wildfire? Podcast every day. Reach out to your friends, your family, people in your communities, and just say, hey, let's just get on the mic and let's just practice. Let's just get on. Let's put in the reps. Let's try to hone our skills. Let's actually work on our craft of speaking. Let's critique each other. Let's give each other constructive criticism every single day. Perfect. John, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate every moment of it. Adios, brother.